0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم the الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين who is للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وَأَشَهَدُ أَنَّ Welcome to another episode of uh, our tafsir uh, page by page, in which we take a single page of the Qur'an and we make its tafsir. Today inshallah ta'ala we are on page number 19 towards the end of Surah, uh, towards the end of the first juz in Surah Al-Baqarah. And in the previous episode, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had mentioned a number of the sessions that the people of the past, the people of the scripture had made concerning belief and concerning who will have salvation or not have salvation and concerning some of the demands that they made. And from those demands that they made is that they wanted to see Allah Jalla clearly or they demanded certain signs and miracles from the Prophet sallallahu And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rejected all of those claims and demands that they made as we mentioned in some detail in the previous episode. In this episode on page number 19, Allah azza wa we begin with verse number 120. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will mention another of uh, of the traits of the people of the book. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان وَلَن تَرْضَى عَنْكَ الْيَهُودُ وَلَنَّصَارَى حَتَّى تَتَّبِعَ مِلَّتَهُمْ قُلْ إِنَّ هُدَى اللَّهِ هُوَ الْهُدَى وَلَئِنِ اتَّبَعْتَ أَهْوَاءَهُمْ بَعْدَ الَّذِي جَاءَكَ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ مَا لَكَ مِنَ اللَّهِ مِنْ وَلا نَصِيرٌ The Jews and the Christians, Allah says, will never be pleased with you unless you follow their ways. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the all of the previous arguments that we mentioned in the previous couple of episodes of the people of the scripture and what they said and the demands that they made from amongst those demands is that no one will enter into Jannah unless they are from them. And from their problems then, or one of the demands that they made is that they thought that each one of them, the Jews and the Christians towards one another, that even they were not upon the correct way. All of these uh, things that we mentioned of the previous episodes, Allah Azzawajal says that it comes down to one thing. And that is what Allah Azzawajal mentions in verse 120. And that point being, or that assertion, or that principle being that they will never be pleased with you. They will never accept anything from you until you follow their ways instead, until you follow their religion, until you go back towards them. And that is essentially what they want. And so therefore they will never be pleased, no matter what you say, what you try, how much you attempt, they will never be pleased until you follow their ways instead. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qul, say that the true guidance is the guidance of Allah. Guidance is not something which is exclusive to one group or another. You can't just claim to have guidance. You must show its proof. You must be shown in your way, in your belief, in your legislation, and so on. And that is only found in the Quran and in the way of the Prophet. Sallallahu wasallam. And then the, Allah azza wa warns the Prophet sallallahu wasallam and therefore by extension. His ummah, me and you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, wala, wala If you were to follow their desires, meaning if you were to accept their claims, follow their ways, leave your religion for theirs, after the knowledge has come to you. Remember we said in the previous episode that when Allah Azza wa Jal was rebuking some of the things that they said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that you have no true knowledge that you have no evidence. Now Allah Azza wa is saying that to follow their ways, O Muslims, would mean that you have left your knowledge, the knowledge that has come from Allah, the evidences and the proofs that have come from Allah Azza wa If you were to follow your desires instead of that knowledge, then Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says that you will find no one to protect you from Allah or to help you. Meaning that no one can come to your aid. And that is why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was warned elsewhere in the Qur'an, and he was told by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, La in Ashraqta La مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ that even you, O Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, if you were to commit shirk, then all of your good deeds would be rendered null and void as well, and you would be from the losers too. Even the Prophet, وسلم, despite it being impossible, for him to disbelieve in Allah, commit shirk, but just to show the gravity of the sin, that even the greatest of Allah's creation, the Prophet وسلم, even for him, shirk would not be excused. Even for him, it would be enough to destroy him. And so therefore the believers are told that to follow a religion other than the religion of Allah, to say, for example, that we're not happy with aspects of our religion, our Sharia, we would rather take this law or that uh, you know that system, or whatever it may be, and replace ours with theirs, then that is something which is following your desires after knowledge has come to you. And the people who do that will not find any protection from Allah جل, nor anyone to help them. And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse number 121, He therefore mentions the way that the people, uh, the way uh, that you should be when it comes to revelation and scripture. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَلَّذِينَ آتَيْنَاهُمُ الْكِتَابَ يَتْلُونَهُ حَقَّ تِلَاوَتِهِ أُولَٰئِكَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ وَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِهِ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ Those to, him, to whom we have given the scripture, who follow it as it deserves to be followed, are the ones who truly believe in it. Meaning that this is how you should be with the Quran, with the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who are given the scripture, يَتْلُونَهُ حَقَّ تِلَاوَتِهِ the word tilawa means to follow as it should be followed, to obey as it should be obeyed, as was mentioned by the early scholars of the of Tafsir, such as the famous companion Ibn Abbas. And the word of tilawa here doesn't mean recitation, doesn't mean the reading of the Quran and the translation that some people use in our time now to show that tajweed, for example, is obligatory because of this verse. It is a incorrect tafsir. It is an incorrect understanding of this verse, and it is not the tafsir that was given by the early scholars and the salaf, rahimahumullah taala. Rather, the meaning is as we've translated it: those to whom we have given the scripture, who follow it as it deserves to be followed. Meaning they follow it as it deserves to be followed. And that means that they recite it as it should be recited. It means that they make it halal as it should be made halal. They follow its commandments. They stay away from the haram in it. They learn its rulings. All of the things that that, that revolve around understanding the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also that there are people who therefore thank Allah azza wa jal for the blessing of guidance they acknowledge Allah's blessings upon them, and they turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in shukr and in praise and gratitude for what he has done. Ula Allah says, those are the ones who truly believe in it. And it is unfortunate that for many Muslims, We have made the Quran as the people of the scriptures of the past made their scriptures. But it's something which is only taken out on a holy occasion, or it's only used, for example, in a court of law, or it's something which we refer to or refer to or read very sparingly throughout our year and throughout our lives. And so we have kind of become distanced from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from the things that Allah Azza wa Jal tells us in the Qur'an in Surah Al-Furqan that the Prophet ﷺ complained of to his Lord is that he said Ya Rabbi, inna qawmi hadha al Indeed, my people are abandoning the Qur'an. And so that is the non-Muslims, but unfortunately for many Muslims, we also sometimes abandon the book of Allah Azza wa Jal. But if you're a person of salah, you're reading the Qur'an. If you're a person of dhikr, you're reading the Qur'an. If you're a person of dua, you're using the du'as of the Qur'an. So, so long as you're engaged in worship, even if you're not necessarily every day having the time to open the Qur'an and read it, but if you're always from the people of Salat, at the very least, you're not abandoning the Qur'an. Because you're constantly reading the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and engaging with it. And you're following it to the best of your ability. أُولَٰئِكَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ Those are the people who truly believe in it. And as for those who deny it or deny the truth, they deny, deny it, they will be from amongst the losers. In verse number 122, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will repeat a verse that we have already mentioned a number of episodes before, approximately like half a juz of the Qur'an before. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this verse and he said, يَا O children of Israel, remember how I blessed you and favoured you over all other people. This verse is a repetition of a verse that we took approximately half a juz ago. In a number of episodes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded that the people of Bani Israel should remember Allah's favours over them. Remember the many good, the much good that they received from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by way of prophets, by way of revelation, by way of help and divine aid from Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah now repeats this verse at the end of this portion of the juz that has spoken so extensively about Bani Israel, the children of Israel. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after these couple of verses now will move on to another topic and that is the story of Ibrahim alayhi salatu was-salam And there will still be mentioned here and there of Bani Israel, but the vast majority of this, uh, you know, of this kind of uh, of these passages that we've covered so far. So if you look at the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah, other than maybe the first three or four episodes, the first three or four pages that was speaking about the the different types of people and categories with regards to revelation, the believers, disbelievers, hypocrites, and then it mentions the story of Adam, Ali, Salatullah, and so on. Very quickly after that, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala moves on to Bani Israel. And Allah at the very beginning of that speaking of Bani Israel, He tells them to remember the many favors of them. The favors that they were given Prophets and messengers and at least of which of whom were Prophet, the Prophet Musa alayhi salatu was salam, the revelation that they received of the Torah, how Allah jal saved them from Pharaoh and his persecution and his armies, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala drowned Pharaoh and his armies, their enemy within the sea, how Allah jal helped them in the desert and gave them food and shade and drink, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Help them by giving them covenants and and giving them their, their rulings of legislation. And then how Allah mentions in the n- number of, of pages that we've covered since how Allah subhanahu wa details how they turned away from Allah, how they broke that covenant and that pledge, how they would often be argumentative and try to change the laws of Allah subhanahu wa how they would cherry pick and believe in parts of revelation and leave other parts of revelation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now coming full circle and saying to them, these are the things that Allah blessed you with and these are his laws and legislations and this is the way that you behaved. Remember once again what Allah did for you. Don't be from amongst those people who turn away. O children of Israel, remember how I blessed you and favored you over other people much of Allah's creation, they were blessed and favored over with the exception of the Ummah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that is what Allah mentions in verse 123. وَاتَّقُوا يَوْمَ تَجْزِي نَفْسٌ عَن نَفْسٍ وَلَا يُقْبَلُ مِنْهَا عَدْنُ وَلَا تَنْفَعُهَا شَفَاعَةٌ وَلَا هُمْ يُنصَرُونَ And beware of a day when no soul can stand in place of another. No compensation will be accepted from it. No intercession be of use to it. Nor will anyone be helped on that day. Beware of that day that if you continue on your path, you will not have any ransom that you can pay. No one will intercede on your behalf, no one will come to your aid and your help. This these two verses are therefore and this whole passage that we or these passages that we've covered over the previous episodes concerning Bani Israel is also therefore a stark reminder to us as the people of the nation of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Muslims. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that just as he showered Bani Israel with many blessings, then likewise we, the Ummah of the Prophet, have also been showered by many with many blessings. Didn't Allah send to us the Prophet, the greatest and best of all of his messengers? Didn't Allah give us the Quran, the greatest of his revelation? Didn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give to us the Sharia? in which Allah Azza has multiplied our reward through a few actions. And Allah Azza has opened up so many doors to the paths of forgiveness and toba and repentance. Hasn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala favored us by making this sharia easy for us, allowing to uh, allowing us to do pretty much whatever it is that we want to do, so long as it is, as as it is pleasing to Allah and beneficial to us and others. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the sharia easy to follow. Easy to understand, easy to study, easy to be adherents of, and so on. Oh, adherents to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with so many favors, but also we are falling into the same mistakes that Badi Israel fell into. There are amongst us Muslims that don't uphold the pledges of Allah. Don't uphold the laws and the covenants of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, There are amongst Muslims, who, those who try to be argumentative and try to find ways to circumvent and change the laws of Allah There are amongst the Muslims, those who cherry pick and choose what they want to accept as part of the religion and don't want to accept as part of the religion. There are those who are under false pretenses in terms of they can do what they like and behave as they please. And they just assume that Allah will guarantee for them mercy and guarantee for them salvation. Many Muslims are of the same mindset that the Allah Azza mentioned concerning the Jews, that the fire will only touch them for a few days and that's okay. There are many Muslims now who believe the same thing, whether you think that they can sin and disobey Allah and commit major sins, and yet even if I'm punished, ah, I'll be for a short while. And then after that, I will go into paradise because I'm a Muslim. These types of mindsets and so on that we're following in the footsteps of those who came before us. And so it is a stark reminder and warning from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that beware of Allah's punishment. Remember Allah's favors. And all that Allah wants from me and you is that we follow the teachings of the Qur'an, the teachings of the Prophet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala moves on uh, to another passage, if you like, in Surah Al-Baqarah. And Allah will now mention to us the story of one of the greatest prophets and messengers that he sent to mankind and that is the Prophet Ibrahim And the Prophet Ibrahim والسلام, Allah جل, favored in many ways. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praised Ibrahim والسلام, as he mentions elsewhere in the Qur'an, and he gave him the title of Al-Khalil, the close friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah Jalla favoured Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam that every single Prophet that would come after him would be from his progeny and from his offspring. Either from the line of Ishaq alayhi salatu wasalam or from the line of Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam as our Prophet alayhi was. And so Allah favours Ibrahim. And Ibrahim alayhi salam is favoured because he was a man of unwavering faith. A man who fully and completely and immediately would submit to Allah subhanahu wa taala as soon as Allah azza wa commands would come to him, an amazing prophet of Allah subhanahu wa taala that Allah azza wa mentions in the new in numerous places in the Quran because of the signs that we can that we can uh, take from from that. In this particular passage, Allah azza wa jal will mention. As as we said before, Surah Al-Baqarah is a surah that speaks about the importance of iman and belief, and the way that the Muslim should be in terms of the submission to Allah Azza wa Jalla, and so on. And so, from the prophets that most epitomized and showed this particular trait of submission is the Prophet Ibrahim alayhi Salatu was And so, Allah will give us His example now in verse one hundred and twenty-four. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, when Ibrahim and remember when Ibrahim's Lord tested him with certain commandments which he fulfilled. Allah Azzawajal gave to him commandments and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la says that he fulfilled them all. What are those commandments? The scholars of Tafsir differ greatly as to what they were. Some of them said that it is the command of, the commandments to perform Hajj. And the commandments that he was given, for example, of leaving his uh, son, Ismail والسلام, in the barren desert land. Others says that no, it was the commands of the Fitrah. That, for example, he should, you know, as Muslim men, we 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 shave our, or we trim our moustache and we shave our underarm hair and so on. those types of things, circumcision and so on, those are the commands that Allah Azza gave to him. But the stronger position of Allah Azzawajal knows best is that it encompasses all of the commands that he was given. Whether it's to do with pilgrimage, hajj and umrah, whether it's to do with the issues of the fitrah and personal hygiene, whatever it may be. Because Allah doesn't specify one over the other as Imam Tabari Rahimahullah Ta'ala says in his tafsir. Rather Allah gives a general a uh, a general, uh, a general statement that Allah tested him. And Allah calls them tests wa Allah tested Ibrahim Salat And so Allah Azza likewise when He gives to us these commands, pray, give zakah, fast, be good to your parents, be honorable to your guests. All of these commands that we have in our religion, they are likewise tests for us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to us, be like Ibrahim Salat Because what did Ibrahim Salat do with all of his tests? He completed and fulfilled all of them. So Allah Azzawajal said to him, He said, I will make you a leader of all of the people. And we know that he is the leader of a people because we have been commanded in the Quran to follow. The example of Ibrahim alayhi salatu Allah says, Qad kanat lakum indeed for you there is a good example in the Prophet Ibrahim. And Allah Azza says elsewhere concerning Ibrahim alayhi salam, Inna أُمَّهِ Indeed Ibrahim was a model, a role model, a leader. And that is because Ibrahim alayhi salam, the many challenges we know that he will go through throughout his life, the many tests that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places before him, as Allah mentions here, he passed all of them. So I will make you, o, leader, o Ibrahim, a leader for people, a role model, someone that should be followed. And that is essentially what the imam is. An imam, yes, is someone who has authority and power, but an imam is also someone who is followed. And that is why in salah, the person leading is called the imam. Yes, he has authority and responsibility, but he's also someone who is followed. For example, in salah, you prostrate, when he prostrates, you go up and he goes up and so on and so forth. And likewise here, we will make o Ibrahim a role model and a leader for people. Ibrahim alayhi salatu responded and he said, Qala wa min dhurriyati. He said, O oh Allah azza wa jalla and what about for my offspring? Would you make all of them and my descendants, O oh Allah, make them leaders too? This is a beautiful verse. Or this portion of the verse is extremely beautiful because Allah azza wa jalla is saying that this amazing Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ibrahim is constantly looking out for, making dua for, hoping in Allah Allah's mercy for his offspring. And the word dhurriyyah in the Quran, which is repeated a number of times in the book of Allah جل, means offspring. It doesn't mean just children. We often sometimes translate it as children. And often when you say children, we think of, of our direct children, our sons and daughters. But the word dhurriyyah, is actually more comprehensive. It means anyone that is a descendant of yours, any offspring of yours. So that's children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. It could be for a number of generations to come. And so he made the du'a of oh Allah and likewise from my offspring. And Ibrahim والسلام, is told by Allah Azza wa Jal, qala la responded, my pledge does not hold for those who do evil. Because from the descendants of Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam, they would be people who are righteous, like the prophets Ibrahim, uh, sorry, Ismail and Ishaq, and Yaqub and Yusuf, and all of the prophets that would come after him, including our Prophet sallallahu alayhi Wasallam. But likewise, from the progeny of, Ismail, of Ibrahim would be those who do evil, like the Quraysh. All of the Quraysh are descendants of Ibrahim alayhi salatu just as the Prophet sallallahu was. And so they all, in terms of their lineage, in terms of their background, they all go back to Ibrahim. But are they equal? Is the Prophet equal to the likes of Abu Jahl? Never. And so Allah is saying, yes, amongst them, they will be people of leadership. And it is based upon this dua that Allah gave to Ibrahim alayhi wasalam, this single honor or this honor that Allah placed all of the prophets that would come after him from his progeny. However, at the same time, it would not be something. That all of his progeny and offspring would benefit from because amongst them there would be those who do evil. And that is therefore something that we see that in our Sharia, it doesn't matter who you're related to, doesn't matter what your family name is, doesn't matter about your lineage or your background or your citizenship or the color of your skin. All of those things are secondary to your Iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So someone can have all of the most amazing traits and attributes, but if they don't believe in Allah, that person is not loved, or has and that person has no position in the sight of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And on the other hand, someone could possess none of these attributes. Could be from the worst tribe, and the worst background, and the most lowly, uh, lowly caste, and whatever it may be. But if they believe in Allah Azza wa they are honoured by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and raised up high over and above others. And so Allah Azza wa is told, is telling the Prophet وسلم, the Muslims by extension, it's not enough that you simply belong to a particular family, or whatever, uh, until you yourself are from the people of Iman. And one of the things that the Quraysh felt that they had, you know, an assertion, a right to, is that just by virtue of being Arabs of Quraysh, that tribe, they could do no wrong. Just because they belonged to Quraysh, they were custodians of the Kaaba, they were people who lived in Mecca, that automatically guaranteed them success. And Allah Azzawajal says no. And that is why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on one of the first occasions that he spoke openly to Quraysh, inviting them to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala he made that very clear. That if you don't believe in Allah there is nothing that I can do for you. You will not be successful. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said the same thing to his aunt Safiya to his daughter Fatima and on the deathbed of his uncle uh, Abu Talib he said the same thing to him as well if you don't believe in Allah there is nothing that I can do for you before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah Jalla continues to to speak about Ibrahim in verse 125 and he says <laughs> and we made the house meaning the Kaaba a resort and a sanctuary for people saying to them take the spot where Ibrahim والسلام, prayed and stood as a place of your prayer. Allah says that the, the Kaaba is a mathaba, mathaba للناس, a resort. A mathaba means a place where you benefit from, you are rewarded, whether it's worldly reward or reward of the hereafter. And that is because the Kaaba was a place that the Quraysh benefited from And the people that reside in that area, even till today, they benefit from it both in worldly terms and in terms of the hereafter. Even people who don't live in that area, who converge upon it in the seasons of Hajj and Umrah, benefit from it. As we know, for example, living in the West, there's many people who take Umrah groups, groups of people that they take and they charge them money. They're benefiting from going to Mecca. And making pilgrimage to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Quraysh likewise would benefit from the commerce and the business that the pilgrims would bring into the city of Mecca. Until today, the people of Mecca benefit. Whenever the pilgrims arrive in Hajj or for Umrah, they benefit from the taxi drivers, to the barbers, to the shopkeepers, to the restaurant owners. People benefit, and so it is a place of worldly benefit, but also it is a place clearly, and more importantly, of benefit of the hereafter in terms of reward and worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah Azzawajal says, amna. It is a place of safety and security. And that is because Ibrahim asked Allah Azzawajal to make the city of Mecca a sanctuary, a haram. And that haram has remained until, and it will continue to remain until Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And the only Slight exception to that haram was during the time of the Prophet ﷺ when he entered to conquer the city of Mecca. And the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that that was only for a short period of time. Its sanctity has always been from before that time and it will continue until after that time, until Yawm Al-Qiyamah. And that's why it's not allowed for you to hunt, not allowed for you to uproot trees, not allowed for you to kill and so on and so forth in the haram because of that. And Allah says, وَاتَّقِذُوا مِن مَقَامِ إِبْرَاهِيمِ Musalla And take the place of Ibrahim as the place of prayer, the, the station of Ibrahim as the place of prayer. The station of Ibrahim is the stone and the rock that he stood upon in order to finish uh, constructing the Kaaba. So as he was building the Kaaba, and Ismail Alayhi would pass him the stones, he would build the Kaaba. And once he got to a certain height, to reach the top of the Kaaba, he had to stand upon a rock, and that became known as the Maqam of Ibrahim. And that was something which was close to the Kaaba during the early times, but in the Khilafah of Umar, he, he moved it back and he moved it slightly away from the Kaaba so that there would be a difference between the people making tawaf and the people wanting to pray behind it, and it's in that place until our time today. That is considered to be a place of prayer. The majority of the scholars of tafsir are of the position that the muqam of Ibrahim that we're told to take as a place of prayer. That's what it's referring to. Another scholar of tafsir said, no, it means all of the rites of Hajj. His place of prayer meaning a place of worship. So that would be Arafah and Mina and Muzdarifah and obviously the Kaaba as well. Either way, Allah Azza wa is telling us to take that place as a place of prayer. And that is why it is the Sunnah as we know that after you make Tawaf, you pray to rock behind the maqam of Ibrahim. Allah Azzawajal continues, وَعَهِدْنَا إِلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَإِسْمَعِيلَ أَنْ طَهِرَ بَيْتِي أَنْ طَهِرَ بَيْتِيَ لِلْطَائِفِينَ وَالْعَاكِفِينَ وَالرُّكَّعِ السُّجُودِ Allah says, and we commanded Ibrahim and Ismail, purify my house for those who walk around it, meaning make tawaf around it. Those who stay there, meaning they make it a tikaaf. And those who bow make ruku' and those who prostrate make sujood. Meaning that the house of Allah, جل, the and by extension, then obviously this is this is uh, in some regards for every house of Allah جل, that it is purified for people to worship. But the Kaaba has additional uh, additional status, additional virtue, because the acts of Hajj and Umrah are only performed in the city of Mecca and the acts of Tawaf are only performed in the Kaaba. Allah Azzawajal commanded Ibrahim and Ismail alayhim salatu that they should go and purify the Kaaba for this purpose. For the people making tawaf the and they are the people who make tawaf around the Kaaba. For the people making itikaf, and those are the people that seclude themselves in worship in the houses of Allah Azzawajal. For example, most famously in the last 10 nights of Ramadan, but it can be outside of Ramadan as well. And for the people who pray, make ruku' and they make sujood, because those two actions of ruku' and sujood, as well as tawaf, uh, in the state of ihram and i'tikaf are from the greatest symbols of showing submission to Allah and showing humbleness before him. The muhrim, the person making tawaf in ihram, that is an amazing show of submission. That you take off every natural or every normal type of clothing and you dress yourself in those two white sheets and you walk around the Kaaba. The one making a'tikaf secludes himself in the haram, refuses to go out to mix with people, to meet with family and friends, only to worship Allah, that is a sign of submission. And likewise in the salah, the ruku' and the sujood, the prostration and bowing positions are from the lowest positions that a person goes to when they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the final verse on page number 19, Allah azza wa jal says in verse number 126, وإذ قال إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ جَعَلْ هذا بلدا آمِنًا وَمُرْزَقْ أَهْلَهُ من الثَّمَرَاتِ مَنْ آمنَ منهم من آمن منهم بالله الْآخِرِ قال ومن كفرَ فَأُمَتِّعُهُ قليلا ثم أطره إلى عذابِ النار وَبِئْسَ المصير أنن عليه الصة والسلام الد make this land secure and provide with, the, with the people with, with produce those of its people who believe in Allah and the last day Allah said, and as for those who disbelieve, I will grant them enjoyment for a short while and then subject them to the torment of the fire and an evil destination that is. Allah says that Ibrahim Ali was wasalam that from the du'as that he made for the city of Mecca, as he, obviously his son Ismail resides there and he lives there and he grows up there and that is where he will remain for his life. Ibrahim made a number of du'as for the city of Mecca and for its people. And from those du'as is this du'a, that he said, Allah, جل, that Allah should make it a place of safety. And Mecca has always been safe. Mecca has always been a place that Allah has made safe from before the time of the Prophet until our time today. And bring produce for the people of Mecca. That's because Mecca is a dry, barren valley. Nothing naturally grows in Mecca. Mecca is not a place like Medina where you have day palm trees and so on, nor is it a place where you have a great amount of agriculture or a great amount of, of grazing land for animals and livestock. It is a place that is surrounded by hills and mountains. And so therefore, how did Allah Azza wa provide for the people of Mecca? As we said through the commerce of the people that came and went for pilgrimage. They would bring and they would have because of Mecca's position between, you know, on the way uh, between Syria on one hand and Hisham. And Yemen, on the other hand, it was the place where they would go for their caravans of trade in the summer and the winters. Allah Azza mentions in Surah Quraysh in the 30th juz of the Quran. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala accepts these duas of Ibrahim alayhi salam. and that is why when the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi Wasallam came to Medina, he said, "O oh Allah, I ask you to make Makkah, Medina, as blessed as as Ibrahim Ali made du'a for Mecca to be blessed." And Allah azzawajal granted that dua for the people of Medina as well for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded to Ibrahim that as for those who disbelieve, who live in Mecca, like the people of Quraysh, the disbelievers from amongst them, I will give to them enjoyment for a short period of time. Meaning that they will also benefit from the commerce and the trade and the wealth as the people of Quraysh did before the life of the Prophet and during his prophethood, وسلم, but they will only enjoy that for a short period of time and then they will return in the next life to the punishment of the fire for their disbelief and what an evil destination. And inshallah ta'ala, in the next episode, we will continue with this passage concerning Ibrahim and how Ibrahim and his offspring from the Prophet's. Uh, who were from his offspring enjoined upon their own children and their families that they should worship Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala alone because it is with that tawheed that Allah which opens up all of these blessings from the heavens and the earth upon the people of iman barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbi ajma'in wassalamu alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuh bismillahir rahmanir